And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. I know when that hotline blink, that can only mean one thing. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Coming up on today's show, uh, plenty of news on food and wine. We head uh, to the north edge of Oliver in the South Okanagan for a stop at District Wine Village. We're going to catch up with uh, Director of Operations Mike Daly and get an update on uh, on Crush, basically, that uh, just uh, wrapped up at District Wine Village and what they're going to do over the winter hours. Uh, and Casey, we're really excited to speak to Ernesto Gomez. I know you were down there at some big bash. He's a partner and director at Alimentaria Mexicana on Granville Island. Did you have some lovely Mexican food without me? Yes, I did, Tony. And I know <laughs> yes, I did. you're going to be so surprised when you go. He, uh, Ernesto has aced Mexican flavors in Vancouver. All right, so folks, you want to be a stick around for that interview and check out the joint. Also joining the conversation today is Jack Kemp, the uh, incredible winemaker at Therapy Vineyards. We're going to talk about the in a little bit about sparkling wine at Therapy and their new project, where Casey they're building a tunnel underground and, and at the north end of Nair Matter. You, you'll be underground before you know it. I know they're blasting rock like crazy right now. <laughs> Coming up next, though, Curtis Cruzel and Sherry Lee Turner. Cruzel join us for a chat about 50th Parallel Estate Winery, part of our Valley First Winemaker Profile Series. We're excited to talk to them about Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, and their restaurant. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as 399000 Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Casual, modern dining. Exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the Valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you, utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Osuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. 
And now, a BC Food and Wine Radio Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries. Presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. Hello, British Columbia, from Terrace to Kelowna and all the cities in between on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our first guests today are Curtis Cruzel and Cherry Lee Turner Cruzel of the 50th Parallel Estate Winery uh, up in the northern part of the Okanagan Valley. Uh, Curtis, how are you today? Cherry Lee? We are fantastic. Loving loving a rainy day that we're getting here. We're actually appreciating some moisture. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to start with, I think it's one of the best names in the BC wine business. So how long did it take you, or how did you come up with 50th Parallel, and how has that worked out for you as, a, as, a, as the name of the winery? Well, great question. Um, of course, there's for the wine buffs out there, the, everybody realizes there's some fantastic places uh, across the big pond there in Europe that um, have traditionally owned some great wines and some uh, fantastic, uh, stylistically similar wines to the type of uh, things that we thought we could grow at 50th Parallel. So Shirley and I basically, we, we uh, logically looked at where we are and, and the fact that we thought we could grow something really great at that location in line with what's happening in some of those places in, you know, sort of uh, up in Alsace, northern Alsace, the boundaries between Germany and France. And mm-hmm. um, that, I think, you know, told us that there was really something important that could happen here, like a connection place, a meeting place, being on the 50th parallel where we can actually bring people together around wine. Yeah. I've always sensed that that you guys are more about the entire picture than just essentially just the wine. Like you seem to enjoy the entire entire thing that goes on in the wine business from growing grapes to making wine to having people at the winery, building a restaurant. How, how How do you have this this joy for wine how, how do how do you stoke it <laughs> it is wine for us is uh it, it's a it's a it's a great uh great business uh we always talk about how we're kind of in an entertainment business and hospitality is one of the things that both curtis and i grew up with and uh we just love it we love everything from the restaurant to the event to you know just being with our team and speaking Speaking of stoke, yeah. stoking it, tell us about this vintage and the fires and smoke that you've had to deal with. Oh, yes. Well, you know, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, up, up and down the valley, I think, you know, traditionally over the years, we have what we call, you know, the smoke effect of, you know, secondhand smoke from our wonderful neighbors south in Washington, which I know impacts, you know, sometimes even in Vancouver and other places. And then Sometimes we get our own fires. Of course, this year we had a few that were a little closer to home than we would have liked to have seen. We actually had the White Rock Lake fire was directly across the lake, invisible from 50th, um, sort of in its later stages. But um, in reality, actually, I think um, for what we saw sort of central to North Okanagan, we didn't really get the longer term uh, exposure that you would typically be scared of um, at the time when there is on or when the, the grapes change color. Uh, was happening. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, through the winemaking process, haven't found uh, any sort of smoke taint or any sort of flavors in our wines where we are, despite the fact that we have some fires nearby. Some of those fires just sort of plume up and send the smoke right over us and into Alberta, unfortunately. Sorry, everybody over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but this, year, this year, we uh, aren't seeing any impacts. Hopefully, the folks down south don't see anything either, but um, we'll knock on wood. But uh, thankfully, everything looks and tastes great. This looks like a fantastic vintage in tank. Well, 
Yeah, we should talk about where you are because there is quite a lot of interest now growing in in Lake Country. Was that was that a choice? Like I know, uh, you know, originally historically, Gray Monk set up in that area and sort of got the ball rolling, but nothing was there. There didn't have the same momentum as it seems now in Lake Country. What do you think about all the people moving in around you and and the excitement on on vineyards being planted there? Oh, it's, it's yeah. fabulous. The Fantastic. energy is amazing. And uh, now we've got uh, our, it's called the Scenic Sip Trail. And uh, we've got how many wineries? I guess we've got eight wineries. Eight wineries there. along there. And it, the energy mm. is, it's, it's contagious now. And it's, it's great to see what, you know, our area itself uh, is producing. Yeah, and I think the, the beauty of our business is that we really aren't competing with each other. We're just a drop in the bucket in this wine world. But what's so exciting is to see the quality of the wines that are coming out of the area now as well. And seeing, like you mentioned um, you know, earlier, uh, we have so many great award-winning wineries in that area now. Greymonk was one of the founding uh, wineries in that area, absolutely. Our vineyard actually used to be a vineyard in the late 60s, early 70s called uh, St. Michelle, actually. And when Shirley and I were looking for a property, we looked up and down the valley. She used to have this... Uh, a car that was wrapped, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a curbs, uh, <laughs> sort of a curbs franchise that she used to have. So we would go up and down this, this uh, mini Cooper looking for properties yeah. up and down the valley. And as it turns out, right across from where we actually had a revenue property uh, at La Casa, we were staring right at what is now 50th parallel and what used to be wow. this um, very productive vineyard, actually, as it turns out. So once we started talking to some of the great people that used to farm that property and Frank Whitehead is, uh, he used to be really involved with that property. We found out it used to produce over 700 tons of fruit uh, of Marshall, Foch, Bacchus, and Okanagan Riesling, um, mm. all notorious culprits into some of the <laughs> Kelowna wines that we yeah. maybe weren't so famous back then. But uh, yeah. certainly that property had huge viticultural potential, which is what we capitalized on. And as it turns out, we were looking for 20 acres, but we needed really a larger property to do all these great things around the hospitality that Shirley talked about. So well, yeah. it, it is exciting well, we, I, yeah, I mean, I love your choices. You you decide to focus on Pinot Noir. You only make one red wine. That's Pinot Noir. You also have given quite a lot of respect to Pinot Gris and Chardonnay. So super cool climate. Uh, I think it all fits together with 50th. You won three gold medals at the recent uh, National Wine Awards. you got to be happy about that. And I'm so delighted that a Pinot Gris uh, got a gold medal as well. I've loved your Pinot Gris, and I'm going to ask you about it because do you not put it in a can now as well? <laughs> yes. yes, in fact, we do. Thank you. Yes, we've affectionately and is called it... this glamour farming, and yeah, so glamour I... farming is for our canned wine. Our... Yeah, we actually make a beautiful pétillant as well as sparkling uh, wine. We'll probably expand on that brand as well. So the important thing to note with I think this glamour farming brand is that we have the same quality of wine going into a canned product as we do in the bottle. So the Pinot Gris that we're putting into that can and our, and our uh, rosé and also our Gewürztraminer, they're all the same wines as we bottle under the 50th Parallel State label. So there's no difference in the wines as far as how they're made yeah. or anything like that. It's not a necessary product. I think the demand is there and people are showing that they like something that's high quality and portable. So being able to showcase that, and I think you maybe had a chance to try those, Anthony, I think uh, a little while back. I did, and, really- and I was... I was shocked by the quality, and I thought, this has got to be the same wine that's in the bottle, but I couldn't find out exactly then that it was, but it sure tasted like it, so I'm really happy about that. And to be in a can, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's time for people to understand that it's all about what's inside the container. It's not about the container, so it's fantastic. Well, I think uh, our that... Guests are- 
go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Casey. Our guests are Curtis Crusoe and Sherry Lee uh, Turner Crusoe from 50th Parallel Estate Winery. And you have a wine club that I want to join, if only for the name. <laughs> yeah. We, we know our, our uh, club members are truly unparalleled, and that is the name of one of our fantastic Pinot Noirs that we produce. Um, and we have our club, which is the Unparalleled Club, which you absolutely have to join because we won't have much room left in it soon. Um, we're over, I think, 1,100 members now, and uh, you know, physically we'll probably cap that wine club soon. Uh, but the beauty of that is we ship right across the country. Uh, Shirley and I personally curate the, the selection of wines in there. We're notorious for overvaluing the shipments and giving some library releases in there as well. So then, of course, we have a fantastic pickup party, which this is the first time, Sherry, I think yeah, we've had since finally. 2019. I think it was the last time we got to bring all our club members together. So we just just had our pickup party, our October pickup party. Usually it's in the summer, right. but it was well attended, so it was exciting to see. So absolutely, uh, get online and club. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to run out of time here. Uh, let's talk very quickly. One, You guys were both business people, uh, but not running this kind of business. First of all, a winery, almost impossible, all the jobs that need to be done. Then you open a restaurant as well. You have a wine club. How have you managed to, like, have you, do you feel like your business acumen is as high as it's ever been now? Oh, my God. Great question. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if what we really know uh, at the I, end of the day. We I learn mean, so much. Just, <laughs> I think that's part of it. Uh, we just push limits, and I think you get to a certain point, and you just push another limit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the excitement of it. Yeah. True and true yeah. entrepreneurs right here. Yeah, we pretty have, impressive. You have to, you have to surround oh, yourself you. with some pretty incredible people as well. So our winemaker, Matthew Fortuna, he is absolute a gem. Yeah. He's probably the only winemaker. I've ever met that doesn't have an ego. He is the softest, <laughs> kindest person, and he's on route to making, I think, the world's best Pinot Noir soon, which is what our goal is. Our chef, Kai Kroll, he's fantastic. He runs Block One, our restaurant. So we have our, obviously our restaurant out there. It's one of the highly acclaimed restaurants in Canada now. Uh, chef Kai also went to the um, uh, the great Canadian Kitchen Party a few years back and showed up well for, for the Central Okanagan. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredible so, team on, all across the board. Yeah, and then we have a fantastic yeah. events department as well, so we run large-scale events up to 350 people. So, yeah, I think we're gluttons, for, puni- gluttons for punishment. I for think sure. we like the challenge. And <laughs> yes. as you know, people, people would say to us, a wine, the wine business. Are you guys crazy? And I would say pretty much. That's exactly. you got to be a little bit insane to go into this business. But you also got to yeah. just live it and love it with passion. Well, I love that you both still have passion. And uh, I meet so many people. I remember meeting you early on and you told me all the things you were going to do. And I said, okay, well, let's see if they can do them. And uh, <laughs> uh, you've not only done them all, you've exceeded them, which is fantastic. And, uh, well, we wish you well with the upcoming season. And for people who haven't been to 50th Parallel, Jump in your car and get up there and visit the property. It's really an outstanding uh, piece of dirt and a fantastic restaurant and a great place to hang out uh, on any day in the Okanagan. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it was really fun to catch up and learn a little bit more about uh, Parallel 50. Thank, thank, thank you, you both so much. It was a pleasure, and uh, thanks for the belief over the years, Anthony. We appreciate that. You sure do. <laughs> yeah, Look keep going. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Curtis Cruzel and Sherry Lee Turner Cruzel. They're the owners and proprietors of 50th Parallel Estate Winery. Uh, just a reminder that along with our radio show, which airs 20 times each week across British Columbia, our podcast is there for you to listen to on your time, preferably with a glass of wine. You'll find us on any of the top podcast platforms, now including Spotify. Up next, Jack Kemp, Winemaker Therapy Vineyards. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. 
Join us next time for another Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. Red Rooster Winery invites you to a visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Enjoy the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountains from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their new release Chardonnay Surlie, the perfect white to have on hand while you enjoy the views. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week, noon to five this fall. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offer collectors a safe and inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. Experts in the field with knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Experience award-winning wines at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. Elevate your experience with a black glass blind tasting. Want something more intimate? Book a private varietal-specific stemware tasting. For VIP treatment, join the Crush Club. Membership includes regular wine shipments, 15% off purchases, early access to new releases, and free premium experiences. Don't forget, Miradoro Restaurant is also open daily. For reservations and more, tinhorn.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. I'm just right here dancing around to the rhythm. The rhythm that you play when you break in my heart. Hello, British Columbia, and thanks for joining us today on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And our next guest is a good friend of the show. Jack Kemp is the uh, chief winemaker at Therapy Vineyards. Jack, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. Happy November. Yes. Yeah, ha- happy you. You're not making wine in November for a change. <laughs> We're not well, you're making grapes. wine, I guess. but <laughs> <laughs> We're not picking grapes this year, which is a first for us. So, uh, yep, but we're still making wine here. Have you ever had a year like 2021? Um, I'd say this is, this is definitely a, a new year for us. It was, again... Thanks, Canada. Another amazing learning year. Uh, lots of things going on here uh, that yeah. have kept us on our toes for sure. And what about getting pickers this year? Was that more difficult? Uh, for sh- there was definitely a labour shortage in the valley uh, for for number of reasons. Obviously, coming through, we're, we're still in a pandemic, as well as the smoke and fires caused uh, a different way we needed to harvest this year. The valley needed more hand harvesters uh, rather than machines, and so that put pressure definitely on the industry as a whole. Mm. 
well, I had a look at your vineyard sort of mid-year. Uh, you have done some fantastic work there. Now, I'm not sure how many years you've been working in those vineyards now, but you've really whipped them into shape. You've got to be happy with the way that they're, uh, they look and producing at this point, I think. Yeah, obviously there's always room for improvement, but this year for sure with the the low level of of help that we had coming into the vineyards and the region, we did an, a pretty amazing job. It was it was stressful for sure having, you know, we're, we're down about 60% of our, our labor this year. So what we achieved was was pretty amazing. I'm very very impressed with our team and and the work of the valley trying to, you know, we all sort of were constantly talking through harvest and through the season working as a as a region rather than just individuals. So that was that was something that was really different this year that made the industry really really come yeah. together and and we worked hard to, all together. I think when people visit wineries too, they always they sort of get a bit hung up on on the buildings and the wine and everything, but but when you you think about vineyards, how important they are to the to the final end product, it's really important that that uh, that they're looked after properly and and set up to 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 be the best that they can be. Absolutely, and that requires it requires an industry to you know get behind the development, and it requires people being able to afford to come into our area and be part of our industry. So, I mean, that's that's the biggest step I think for for us as a whole right now is to to find a way to make the industry, especially vineyard and growing grapes, more interesting to you know to people to want to come in to come come help us out in this industry that we're that's growing fast and on an international stage is is doing really really well as well. So uh, that's that's our biggest step I think that we need to take in the next few years. Yeah, our guest is Jack Kemp. She's the winemaker at Therapy Vineyards. And I hear you're doing some blasting up there, Jack. <laughs> We certainly are. Our, now that we've got our sparkling wines released under Silhouette Estate Winery under the Boyd label, it's now time to start getting them a home um, back into where they come from, the original vineyards at Silhouette. Uh, the blasting has happened. Uh, we now have a, a sparkling cave getting ready for p- placing wines in it for this winter for for aging and for also going through their secondary wow. ferment. So. That's that's a huge part that's been going on as well, as well as the floor for the new winery out there as well. So that's on North yeah. Narramatta Road, and um, yeah, that's hugely exciting. It's a big yeah, so commitment when you do sparkling wine, financially and just time-wise. Oh, it's a massive commitment. The the amount of storage versus uh, a sparkling versus a still winery is is a completely different uh, type of winery. Uh, it requires a lot of storage and storage that's at a constant temperature too. So those two things are tricky. Obviously a wine cave for us is makes logical sense. It's we've got the, the rock in the first place and it just means that we don't have to, you know, have an artificial area where we have to control temperature. The temperature's controlled naturally in the in the rock itself. Mm. Uh, I want to talk a bit about sparkling wine. Just before I do it, I'd like to congratulate you on the 2020 Pinot Noir. Such a sensational bottle of wine. I know you don't make a lot of it, but people should uh, get over to the winery and get their share of the 2020. It's really an outstanding bottle of uh, Pinot Noir. So congratulations on that, Jack. Uh, Thank let's you talk much. about yeah. Let's talk about sparkling wine because you could, you have a couple of uh, wines you call physio fun wines. I would imagine from therapy. What What's the difference between them and Boyd, and how, how does it all come together in your mind? 
Well, I mean, there's always a stepping. We've got two wineries now, Therapy Vineyards and Silhouette with our Boyd label. And for us, you know, the therapy brand's always been a brand that's all fun and, and more fun than necessarily full-on single varietal, single vineyard wines. And we wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that our sparkling was represented in a different kind of way because there's so many different ways of making sparkling wines uh, and obviously they're quite different. So our sparkling or our physio at therapy is a carbonated or a CO2-infused wine. Um, mm-hmm. which can be made from, actually to tell you the truth, it can be made from whichever grapes we can we can bring in for therapy or that can be made from Chardonnay. Um, it's, it's pretty much to just show you what a consistent bottle of wine looks like from from varietals all over all over the valley here. So it could be Pinot Blanc, it could be Chardonnay, it could be Riesling, but it's always consistently the same as far as flavour and, and and the bubble size, so that's the difference. We're we're bringing in a a lower a lower cost sparkling wine, so people can enjoy those and, and muck around with orange juice or whatever you want with it, with our physios, <laughs> and then you can. <laughs> I do, I do that all the time. And then, I love it. <laughs> and then you can jump up and you know start seeing a little bit more focus in in our other sparklings. Um, and you know the yeah. with silhouette, our sparkling wines there under our Boyd label. Uh, they've they've got quite specific soil types and they're coming through quite nicely in in the actual wines now. And there there's four of them, right, in the release. We have uh, for our sparkling traditional method sparkling wines. We've got a, a brut rosé. We've got a classic cuvee, which is our house sparkling. And at the moment, we've just got a blanc de blanc. Our blanc de noir won't come out for another, I think, two years. Okay. I don't know who has the answer to this question, but how many bubbles in a bottle of sparkling wine? <laughs> a lot. Just the right amount. <laughs> Good answer. Even better, yeah. And what's wonderful at therapy is that it's not just the wine. There's amazing accommodation, and uh, Tony and I have stayed up there several yeah, times. Yeah, the inn. Yeah, the inn. So impressive and a great breakfast and... Uh, it, we kind of use the dining room as our office when we're there. Everything's just mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, wonderful beds and and um, I think I should probably I don't know. Should I say on the air the toilets are from Japan? They're amazing. <laughs> They're heated. There's oh, incredible. Wilson. Unbelievable. It's a lovely. It's an absolutely lovely spot to come and just relax and and get away from the big city sometimes. Uh, with with we're really lucky with the placement of where it is because it's near our vineyards. So at night time and and even actually during harvest, it's quiet and you get to enjoy all the animals that are coming through, which are, are quite a lot actually. <laughs> We've got yeah. lots of different animals coming through and the bird life. And you know you can you can helicopter in too and and helicopter in and stay. And hopefully we might get some heli skiing if we can get some. Uh, or talk to the heli people over there. Maybe you can heli ski and. Then come stay the night or a couple of nights and enjoy the wine industry as well as the the local uh, so great. tourism industry as well. Yeah. So therapy for the we've been talking to wineries about winter hours, fall hours. Will you will you still be uh, open for people to buy reservation or how will it work over the winter time? We're still open. Obviously, we've got our core staff are based here at Therapy, so we're we're always here. Um, mm-hmm. The inns also open throughout the year as well, throughout the winter se- season. So we're open still uh, all 
all the way through the week. Um, we don't need reservations at this stage just because the number of people coming through right now is, is obviously a lot less. Um, right. But, you know, large groups is always important. And you think above sort of six people is, is best to call to make sure that we've got enough room to actually put you somewhere safe so we've got our own mm. distancing going on. Right on. And last time I talked to you, Silhouette had opened a, a, a tasting room down in the District Wine Village. Is that still on? Or? That's correct. We're open and um, having a lot of fun up at the district, up near Oliver. Um, the Silhouette wines have been doing really well up there. We've also got some of the therapy wines up there, so you can purchase those as well. Uh, the, the bonus of us being up that way is that we've we've got access, obviously, to to other wineries around us, but also all the events that are happening up there, which has it's been really fun, sure. actually, the Bear Festival and, and lots of other festivals that have been going on and live music. So all of that's pretty amazing and has been a great start for our, for our Silhouette and Boyd brand. Yeah. Well, Jack, it's so great to catch up with you. You sound a bit more relaxed. I hope you get at least a, a couple of weeks off this winter before you have to dig back into the uh, vineyard uh, Pruning is not far away, I would imagine, but uh, still a couple of months off. So uh, thanks so much for joining us today on the, on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Thanks so much. It's been really lovely to speak with you guys, as always. That was Jack Kemp. She's the winemaker at uh, Therapy Vineyards. Uh, Casey, will you be at the inn this winter? Sometime? I sure will. I can't <laughs> wait to get up there. You'll be hella right? I will. I have hella skied, Tony. Don't yeah. laugh. I have. Well, I'm a, I'm a hell of a skier myself, so there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, enough of that. Uh, up next, uh, a new guest for the show, Ernesto Gomez. He's a partner at Resto Alimentaria, Granville Island. We're going to talk Mexican food on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to happy hour every day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback, Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously sized tomahawk steak with all the fixins and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit modestbutcher.com. Come and get it. Bold. Award-winning. Discover gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome everyone. Come explore our beautiful vineyard and reserve your unique and personal tasting of our exclusive small lot favorites. We can't wait to see you again and share our passion. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. There are so many ways to experience the wines of Black Hills Estate Winery in Oliver, B.C. this season. Whether it's a weekend getaway to wine country or some early holiday planning, check out all of our new releases. 
Wine Club members can enjoy exclusive benefits, including VIP wine experiences and access to member-only wines like our rare Carmenere with delivery to your door with temperature-controlled shipping year-round. For details and to book a seated wine experience, visit BlackHillsWinery.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome back to the show. If you're listening on the radio or on uh, your favorite podcast, we welcome you in today. Our next guest is uh, new to us at the show, Ernesto Gomez. He's a partner and director at Alimentaria Mexicana on Granville Island, uh, probably the most interesting project to open in Granville Island in uh, some time. Ernesto, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're great, uh, and you threw the best media party that I've been to we just had a blast, and I think a lot of that had to do with your fabulous cocktail menu, which we tried them all. Nina Pina, Margarita, Paloma, I'm sure we had two of each. And the, the food is outstanding. Mexican is one of my favorite cuisines, and I just can't say enough about your restaurant. Well, thank you very much. That's very, very kind. Uh Okay, Ernesto, why don't we explain very briefly what Alimentaria Mexicana is for people who may not have been there yet or who want to get out to visit you in Granville Island. What what can they expect when they walk in the door? Because Mexican ha- always has, you know, it, 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 it sounds like a lot of different things. I think you're very different than what people might be thinking about. <laughs> well, you know, um, our work with Alimentaria is to present um, – uh, Mexican food that is very uh, rooted in its traditions and, and really connected to um, different communities that we work in Mexico. We work with 32 different First Nations communities in Oaxaca alone and 16 different ethnic groups. And we work with older endemic products. So so we're part of what we do is we try to do food that it's, it's connected to the stories and the narratives of these communities. But at the same time, we present it in a very, very friendly, fun um, and kind of it's food without ego. We try to do food that it's fun and flavorful um, because that's the spirit of what Mexican food is. We don't want to mm-hmm. we, we don't do any aspirational um, anything. Um, we just try to do honest flavors. And um, and yeah, I create a fun space that has a solid social mission. And uh, um, and, and, and and yeah, I mean, Limentaria in a nutshell is more than a restaurant. It's a it's a restaurant. It's a a shop where you can find all these endemic products from these different communities and connect to their stories. It's also a place that um, that it's an educational space and where we work a lot with this native corn and different products, right? Wow. And uh, it's, it's pretty refreshing just to hear that from a restaurant <laughs> opening. Uh, in any event, go ahead, Casey. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say the guacamole, another thing, best I've tasted anywhere. It's wonderful. <laughs> And it's a little different, topped with uh, feta and pumpkin seeds and pea shoots. It's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you know, most people make guacamole ahead of time, and they it sits for a while. We make it to order, uh, and that's kind of the secret. You know, we, we just mash it um, to order, and, um, and, and, you know, for us, you know, we are also having fun with the food. We, t- we take the original kind of recipes but we also you know we are in the pacific northwest 
Um, there's a lot of the fresh cheeses that we can't find locally. So, so we find local cheesemakers. Like in this case, we found this amazing. We, we work with this amazing Macedonian feta, um, and and it's it's from a from, from a Canadian supplier that just makes that has the most similar consistency to a fresh cheese that we would use. Um, and you know, pumping seeds were our both, both part of both. So we try to incorporate some of what we found in our landscape, right? And when when the products are not of the quality, we find this, a, a you know a, a sub a local substitute that is made locally that can that can you know have the same kind of expression, right? Yeah. Do you think Vancouverites know Mexican food? I mean, we travel there probably more than a lot of other Canadians, uh, or at least from this side of the continent, we get down to Mexico more often probably. Uh, but what, what do you think about our knowledge and, and what we can demand from you and what you're giving us in the restaurant? How does it how does it all come together? You know what? I, I've been working um, in I mean, I've been in Vancouver for 16 years, you know, and um, and, and I'm proud to be Canadian. Proud to be, have chosen to be Canadian because the only nationality I chose. <laughs> yeah. To be. And and through the years of working in and, 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 and working with Mexican food in Canada, I've seen it. I, I mean. It, it's amazing how much people know about Mexican food in mezcal, and you'll go in there and, and you'll you'll try. You know, you'll have people asking for specific varieties of agave when it comes to mezcal, and now it, it's really amazing how people are connecting to the stories of corn. Because um, I am proud to say that Chancho and Alimentaria Mexicana were, were probably the only place in the world that, that actually nixtamalizes a different variety of corn every day. Um, not even in Mexico. When I tell my, my, my chef, my friend chefs in Mexico, what we do, they, 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 they think we're insane, you know, because it, it has been a very hard process because each variety is different. It's a different ecosystem. They have different hardnesses. You need to adjust the process on each one. So we have to be keeping very tight locks and stuff. But at the end of the day, today in Canada, in Vancouver, you have people walking in that are saying, oh, I really like that pink corn from the Zapotec Plains. And like, so it's amazing. <laughs> People are I really educated, and you're right. People in British Columbia, and not only in British Columbia, I find that in, 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 in you know, even in Alberta, uh, I mean, I just did a collaboration last week there, and people are so educated in general. And, and I think Canada and Mexico is just like, um, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a long friendship, and, and people love visiting, as you say, and, and they're quite educated, I would say. I, More I, than anywhere in the world, I would think. I think it's the best venue to have a holiday party this year. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Even if you're vegetarian, because you've got something really interesting—a chorizo tostada. Yeah. Well, we have, you know, a lot of, a lot of the so, a lot of the food we make it is inspired by these communities and country to what meet what people think about Mexican food. I mean, I personally go to all these communities in Oaxaca. And they're the remote, and when you go to these communities. Um, they, uh, you can find, you know, it's a very um, plant-based diet in general. Um, so we get inspired by that. And I would say about, you know, 60% or 70% of our menus is vegan and vegetarian um, because that is what I see over there. People think that pork is a really heavy Mexican product. It is, but it's more in the urban areas, more than in the remote mm-hmm. communities. Mm-hmm. Um, in the remote communities, they will eat plant-based food. They will sacrifice an animal when there's a celebration, but they will live in completely harmony with nature. And, you know, when they when an animal kind of goes to their milpa, which is a sacred place where they grow food, um, 
I mean, they'll kill the animal and they'll eat it, but they, they're not constantly eating animal products. You know? and, and I think that's a great lesson that we have to bring to our cities that, you know, um, I mean, nowadays we think, oh, we have to be vegetarian, we have to eat more plant-based. But, in, you know, in those communities, they've been doing it for a long time. So part of what we time, do with this yeah. food is kind of reconciliate and, 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 and you know, and, and brings back some of this knowledge through their food and the way that they eat, you know? Um, yeah, our guest and we're is. Only beginning. <laughs> this is yeah. just the beginning, too. Our guest is Ernesto Gomez. He's a partner and director at Alimentaria Mexicana on Granville Island. You said to me earlier you chose to be Canadian. You also were looking at the island, Granville Island, for a long time. Why did you go to Granville Island, and what, what do you hope to achieve in that in that uh, and, location? And one more question: What has surprised sure. you uh, the most about having a restaurant on Granville Island? Well. Um, before we, and I, I think I can answer the que- both questions in one. Um, I've always loved Granville Island. When I moved to Vancouver, before I was, you know, Canadian, uh, when I was, at, at Granville Island just represented something very special, very unique. Um, and over the years, I think that there's some amazing. I mean, I, I mean, I, I support all the businesses in Granville Island, but I think over time, it was really focused on the tour tourism more than anything, and a lot of the businesses lose lost their focus. So for us, when we were, I was looking for honest or expert um, that would cater to the Vancouverians, not to the tourists, not to say that we, of course, we welcome tourists and everyone else, but but wanted to do something that was honest, what I call democratic. Um, And and when we were working on the project, I wasn't thinking about tourism. I wasn't thinking about prices. I wanted to do something honest that would represent uh, my motherland and our cultures in in a way that was... uh, transparent and when we opened um and, and i had the feeling that because everyone loves granville island and and people just started coming in in huge numbers to the project and the main thing that people would mention to us was say like gee we love granville island but we have a hard time choosing places where to eat um and it's because most of the places look kind of the same with the same menus with you know, the prices are not, they're more tourist focused. So in, in our case, we just made an honest place that was honest for the Vancouver audience and people love it. The people that live around Gravel Island, they're coming in great numbers and they're very happy and they're very thankful. And also the some of the business owners. And we collaborate with a lot of great businesses in the island. But uh, but anyway, it was, yeah. It was uh, yeah, that's kind of... Um, Ernesto, we're, we're almost out of time, but people want to visit you. What, when are you open? What are the, what are the times? Uh, they need reservations. Tell us a bit about that. Reservations are highly recommended. We okay. are open from Tuesday to Sunday from 11.30 a.m. until um, late closing, which on the weekdays is 10 p.m. On the weekends, it's 11 p.m. the kitchen. Um, nice. However, we plan to extend soon to breakfast and uh, and brunch um uh but you know one thing at a time it's uh, it's yeah. a big project it's an ambitious project it's just the beginning um and our, our menu is always changing and always evolving and, and, and we're yeah, really happy to welcome people there all the time well we're really uh, excited that we had a chance to talk to you today i can't wait to come down and uh, check out the place myself ernesto so thanks for joining us today on the bc food and wine radio network thank you very much for having me
Okay. Ernesto Gomez, he's a partner and director at Alimentaria Mexicana on Granville, Granville Island in Vancouver. Just a reminder, our show airs weekly across the province on BNN Bloomberg 1410, CFAX 1070, and 16 bounce radio stations, as well as our podcast, which is there for you to listen to whenever you have time. You can find any of the top podcast platforms. You can find us on any of those platforms. And, of course, now we are happy to say we're on Spotify. Up next, Mike Daly, Director of Operations, District Wine Village. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you're listening to the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. I loved you more Hello, British Columbia from Kelowna to Summerland and Penticton to Naramata and all of Ernesoyas. We got you covered in Okanagan Wine Country on an AM 1150 and Bounce Radio. Uh, here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, our next guest, and we're happy to have him, is uh, Mike Daly. He's the Director of Operations at District Wine Village. You may recall we were on site there earlier this year, but uh, we wanted to uh, check in with Mike to see how things are going and what's uh, going to happen this winter at District Wine Village. Mike, how are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Uh, we're fantastic. I guess my first question is we had we had the tour earlier this year. We saw the facilities. Are the wine people happy with the winemaking facilities? Oh, it was we we just we're just coming through the end of crush and it was it was super good. And uh we've got uh you know a couple sets of full pressing equipment on site and just to see the collaboration between the wineries as we were going through crush was phenomenal. You know, you had yeah. you know someone like Wapiti Winery with Gustav pressing out and Aaron from Bittner's Cove would come over and give a hand on the hand sorting table and and yeah, uh, that's just so to see great. The collaboration and 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 everybody chipping in and, you know, everybody's making their own wines, but just to see that collaboration when, uh, you know, if you're waiting for the press, if you're doing an afternoon press and the morning guy is just completing up, finishing up and just to see that everybody chipping in, they move the press over to the next winery and, and away they went. It was just awesome to see. That's fantastic. 
Uh, well, for people who don't know, maybe give us a quick overview of District Wine Village now, how big it is, what, how many wineries, breweries, what, what's in there at the moment, and is it finished, is it complete, what, what, where are you at? Yeah, we're, we're just putting, we're just working on our 16th building, so that'll be the, the end of uh, phase one. Well, we're really well ahead of our schedule, um, especially with COVID and all the other considerations. So the last building's our distillery building, and we're just in negotiations with a tenant for the distillery, uh, Trading Post Breweries, obviously there, so the breweries in place, and then a number yeah. of wineries uh, are all are all set and 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 up and running now. So, our last uh, uh, our last entry was Time Wineries taking a, a spot up since you guys have been there, and so they're now yeah. open and and operational as well. So, which is great to see. And what wow. is the advantage of wineries? They they have you know uh, have their own wineries owners, but you offer one space with. Um, you were at 13, like a single destination with 13 wineries, a brewery and a needery. Where are you now? Yeah, so with the 16, we'll have our 13th winery in place, uh, the distillery coming on the brewery, and then that and then that food service building. Um, so um, for all intents and purposes, we're, we're, we're sold out of the, of, of the first phase, um, and uh, we're running full steam. It was great to see this summer, you know, with – covid uh setbacks and and then and then the fire season and we are still very busy it just seems <laughs> that it's it's become like a, a, a you know it's it's a one-stop place where people can you know park themselves wait till the winery is open uh, it plays out well during these covid times where sure. they can see when the when when one of the places is open and they can make their way in uh, you don't have to book appointments ahead of time it's very friendly and approachable in that way and really, the other thing I never really expected was just the, the whole family vibe. Lots of families coming down where it's, it, it, like I said, it's not, it's not, you know, we're very open and approachable for people. And, and they can bring their kids along and the kids can be out in the center uh, complex and so forth to have a bite to eat or what have you. Uh, Dad can sit there and have a beer from Trading Post and mom and her friends or whatever the case is can go in into one of the wineries. So it's just, it's just worked out really, really well. And, uh, not only the tenants yeah. happy, but all the you know we we spend a lot of time uh, talking to our customers, and they you know everybody just really loves the vibe. So we're 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 super excited. We had a great first year, and we're and excited about uh, what's coming for the following year as well. And you were so. planning, I know you were planning. You have about a six six hundred person capacity amphitheater to have have musicians or entertainment throughout the season, and did that all fall into place for you? It did. What we did, uh, Tony, is we just we just pulled back on some some of the entertainment. And kept it a little more key. We're going to have some bigger artists and performers coming this year, uh, assuming we continue to make progress on the COVID front. And uh, but all of the venues that we did have this year were well well in attendance and and great sound system in there. And we're going to, we're going to continue to build that on. Look, for example, we had 54 40 uh, books for uh, late September here and we decided just to hold off just because they're a bigger draw so they're now coming in uh, late spring this coming year so and okay. d- tell us about your location because you're really just off the highway but you'd never know it being in in the village yeah once you get into the backdrop there we're just off of highway 97 just past Gallagher Lake as you're traveling towards Oliver and there's a, a great turn off off the highway there but once you get into the center you're you're surrounded by the mountainscape around us. Um, great location, so it's kind of the gateway to the southern wineries. And uh, 
Um, you know, so that's what uh, we, we find. It's just been an, an excellent location for people, whether they're traveling from a Soyuz heading north or people coming out of Kelowna and Penticton heading south to the to wineries down south. Yeah, just south of the McIntyre Bluff, you can you can't miss the bluff or the or the or the village. Uh, okay, let's talk exactly. about the winter. We, you know, you had some plans for the winter, but generally, what what's going to happen now in November? Or how, will you stay open all all over the season? Uh, will the skiers be coming? How how does the winter hours going to work at District Wine Village? Yeah, yeah. So starting in uh, this November, we're, as we're peaking into November now. Most of the wineries, they, they kind of have their own. We're, we're allowing them to do what they want to, to meet their needs. And uh, most of the wineries have pulled back to five days a week from the 7th. So a lot of the wineries okay. are, are not open on Monday or Tuesday. Um, and that's kind of going to be the, the play out through the winter. I think January, we, we know, in the, you know, being in the winery for so, so many years, January is a, a very quiet year for uh, time of year for us, which is a great time for, you know, we're doing all the other things, which is direct-to-consumer yeah. sales. And those type of things are happening, and 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 developing our wines in the cellars, right? So, mm-hmm. so no different than any other winery. It's just on a different scale, right? So that'll that that'll be the the norm. And you know, when March March first kicks around, things you know will be open through those winter months. But then you'll see the the, the traffic flows start to increase back yeah. to uh, what we saw this past year. So. Our guest is Mike Daly. He's the director of operations at District Wine Village. Uh, generally open uh, Wednesday to Sundays now uh, throughout uh, November, December, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. for most wineries, although uh, a little extended hours for the brewery and the restaurant. Is there anything that has surprised you, Mike, about this operation? Uh, just the, the great community support we've had. We've, we're, we're doing a... We were doing some farmers markets in the in the through the latter part of the summer and into the fall, and just to have those uh, local vendors out, and just to see the community uh, support that we've had throughout the throughout the season has been phenomenal. It's been super super exciting and and rewarding just to see that you know our kind of our pipe dream, you know, and this vision that we had and Matt Kenyon had uh, come to fruition. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's pretty. It's we're very proud of of. Of our, our our start of the gate for sure. Yeah, I think it's gratifying, and I, I'm wondering are people are people from around the world contacting you and watching what you're doing here, like people uh, down in Washington or Oregon or Australia? I don't know. Yeah, we've had we've had definitely lots of interest uh, across Canada, especially and out of the east as well. Um, and hey, how do we do this in a, a different setting in another part of the country as well? Has been has come up right. It's like yeah. well, it's it's tricky from a it's it's not that easy because you you know you have to be on certain you have to have a certain land mass and and location and uh, and then the licensing that goes with it right so there was a lot sure. of involvement with uh, licensing to, to to make this all work but uh, all of you know you can I we talk to all of our lessers on a on a daily day to day basis and they've been super happy with you know their sales and and just how the equipment and how the infrastructure works there so it's been it's been uh, it's been great so far well, so if you, if you do anything else in, yeah if you do anything else in canada make sure that the provinces you do it in accept bc wine because uh, we're pretty fed up with uh, being rejected uh, in ontario and quebec yeah, it's, it's i know i was listening to another one of your casts there the other day and yeah it, it's still it's bizarre that we're still talking about that and it's ridiculous uh, it's, yeah. it's going to change you know yeah. we 
we can we can trade with the rest of the world, but we can't trade with our own provinces, with our own country. Yeah, we're almost out of time, Mike. But you did mention the end, sort of a phase one. And when we were there, you talked a bit about uh, maybe the school moving in and 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 larger buildings for people graduating. Is there going to be a round two at District Wine Village? Yeah, there is for sure. And I'm probably speaking a little ahead of what I should. But we, as a matter of fact, we had a. Uh, another meeting today on site with Okanagan College. So Okanagan College is looking at taking us, uh, taking on some uh, infrastructure and, and extending their education program um, down at the, at the village. So mm-hmm. uh, we're, we've got our fingers crossed that they, they'd be a super, super great yeah. per, uh, group to have within our, 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 our team and within the village. So uh, those negotiations are ongoing and uh, we hope that we can, we can cross the line on that and they, when we can make an official announcement um in the in the coming months on that for sure super well thanks for your time today mike uh i'm going to try and get by there in the winter and check it out myself and uh for sure anybody who hasn't been to district wine village you got to drop by and uh catch the vibe as they say it's pretty cool always love having you and thanks again for all you guys' support and all the best hey you're welcome Mike Daly, Director of Operations, District Wine Village. Uh, that's it for today's show, Casey. A special thanks to our technical engineer, Darren Reagan, and to all our listeners across the province. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Have a relaxing weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production.